We Mauliola proudly presents Leo Kupa, e Ho'olono Mai, the thought-provoking podcast on perpetuating Hawaiian healing and wellness. Leo Kupa is hosted by Kamakanui Ahailono Jingao. E kea kua mauna loa la ila lo ke kai Na hau ma kua ya ka hina kua ya ka hina alo I ka hikini komohan Na kupu na mahalo piha E ho mai kai 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 kaman kyo Mania uko, mania mako, mania kako, a mama uano, e oman, nui. Kako, aloha. Aloha mai. E ho aloha mai. Welcome to Leo Kupa from us at Hui Mauliola. The mission of Hui Mauliola is to perpetuate Hawaiian healing and wellness and empowering our people through healing. This Leo Kupa podcast is a way of capturing the stories of empowerment from our kupuna and practitioners in our community. Today, we have a special guest and friend joining us on Leo Kupa. Yes, yes. Uh, hailing from Ko'olau Poko Oahu, born and raised in Kailua and Kahalu'u, a graduate of Marano Schools. She has been learning Lomi Lomi in her ohana since the age of six, seven, and still continuing to grow and learn. Her first Lomi Lomi Kumu outside of her ohana was Uncle Ronnie Dudwa from of Moloka'i. She attended Uncle Ronnie and Auntie Francine's teachings in 1996 and 97. In 1999, she got to attend and study with Auntie Margaret, Kalehua, Makanoe, Lu'ulu'u Onapali, Ahu'ula, Keali'i Masharo School of Lomi Lomi. In 1999 and 2001, she worked at the Lomi Lomi shop with Uncle Mo Keale and Kumu Kauhaneli. She got her massage therapy license in 2000. And from 2001 to 2012, she worked as a Lomi Lomi specialist in Waikiki, Waikiki's hotel spa industry. She also worked alongside physical therapists in the office settings and opened her own brick and mortar Lomi Lomi shop in 2016 and hosted Lomi Lomi workshops along the way. And oh yeah, this is also the mother, lover, musician, composer, vocalist, and multiple time now Hoku Hano Hano award winner, Leo Kupa Pa'i Pa'i Lima. Let's welcome Mailani Makainai. How are you doing, sister? Oh my goodness, mahalo <laughs> nui lo for that beautiful pule and even for the introduction Oh man, mahalo. Thank you so much for having me on and I'm doing wonderfully. Uh just listening to your Leo and um just the pule opening alone was uplifting for me. So mahalo. Oh yeah. You know, I know it's probably, you know, ninety percent of the time, you know, the the later part of the introduction is what most people hear, you know what I mean, of that composer, vocalist, musician, and multiple-time Naohoku Hanohana Award winner. So not too much people probably hear that early part of the introduction with your um, practices in Lomi Lomi and, you know, doing this um, since you was young, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm glad. Um, thank you for joining us. You know, I'm super excited to um, talk stories more about that aspect of our practices that 
you know, has been super important for you for, you know, pretty much your whole life, you know? Yeah. No, mahalo. Thank you for having this. Um, You know, you, mahalo de oi for being a leo kupa as well and for having this for our people. I mean, I'm just thinking of your daughter and how, you know, you're going to have grand keiki and great grand keiki that are going to listen to you. Bless us all with your opening pule and get to listen to you um, speak to other people like myself and that alone gave me chicken skin. Just knowing that this is going to be available for generations to come. So mahalo for doing what you're doing, brother. Oh yeah, Nauka Ho'oli. This is always a pleasure for me, you know, and I learned so much by, you know, just talking story as well. So this is, you know, like that. Um, yeah, it's truly an honor on my end to be able to listen to um you know everyone that joins us on these conversations as you as well you know so um yeah mahalo mahalo ya oi tita mahalo. yeah so yeah take us back mylani you know when you um first starting lomi lomi you know you're still a young gram um <laughs> you know getting into this and you know also the music side of things what did that kind of balance look like you know when you was kind of growing up was it you know working on the family and playing music or was it like jam sessions and my landing goes around and does lomi for everybody or what did <laughs> <laughs> well you know at first it started off in the home in the hale my my father um he's always worked a pretty physically tasking job and he's still at it to this day he hasn't retired yet and i'm the hiapo of five and so growing up there was um, always the hiapo to do this, watch the kikis, um, help out with chores and such. But knowing that my father, like his way of coming home and winding down included Lomi Lomi, um, that's what started it. And it's interesting you called me a grom because I was literally surfing on my dad's back and um, doing Lomi Ae that way. And then... I had my tutu who used to come and just show me and talk to me about the body, um, talk to me about the things that I now talk about, talk to me about the things that I picked up along the way. Because learning, there's so many facets of learning. Um, and I'm so glad to see people teaching their kids in more than just one way. Because, yes, some people can learn by reading. Some people can learn by listening. Um, some people learn better by doing, and that's the type of learner that I am. Like I need somebody to actually physically show me how to do something. And once I learn that in that way, it's with me forever. And, and that is how I've been taught Lomi Lomi, where I was told certain things, but then I was showed certain things and then I felt certain things. And all of those experiences really locked in the Ike and helped me understand what was being told to me when I was a keiki and what was shown to me when I was a keiki. And I'm still learning even to this day. I, I learned from other lomi lomi specialists, other kanaka lomi lomi, um, other kumu. And it's always so interesting knowing that there's so much more to learn. Yeah, no, nah, I think that's, you know, part of that, that growth and learning of life. You know, in everything we do, there's always more we can learn, more we can, you know, help out others and more that can help out ourselves out you know what i mean because by learning we learn how to better take care of ourselves and um learn what feels good to us too you know what i mean so um yeah i like that process of um continuing to grow you know in the practices so what when you were studying with um 
Uncle Ronnie and Auntie Francine guys, was that um, kind of you still pretty young at that age too? Yeah, I actually, so at Marinol, um, in the summer, in the, like my junior year, senior year, it was required that we write a thesis and have this entire presentation and project. And it could have been on anything. And I chose to do my thesis and my presentation project on Lomi Lomi. And the cool thing about it was, I think I was the only, so there weren't a lot of Hawaiians at Marino. There's just like a handful of us, but I was the only project that came about that was Hawaiian focused, that was Ike Hawaii focused. And I was excited about that. Um, I had a mentor there that was, he was kind of like our um, kinesiologist, our athletic trainer, and he used to Lomi Lomi the athletes. And I also played sports since I was a kid, like all year round. I played volleyball, basketball, softball all year round um, from the time I was seven as well. And so this um, athletic trainer, he used to Lomi Lomi the athlete. So I knew of him and he was Hawaiian. His name was Uncle Peter Herring. Sadly, he's passed away. But when I chose to do this project, um, I for some reason, I just ended up talking to him about it because I knew that he used to loan me, loan me the athletes and, and tape ankles and whatnot. But he used to really help athletes who got injured. He used to help get them back on the field, get them back on the court. And so I was always so like drawn to this this old Hawaiian man. And he was kind of like the Hagrid of Marino because he also drove the buses. He, in a way, he was like the groundskeeper. He did a little bit of maintenance. And so he's like this all around uh, fixture of our school at that time. And so when I started to express interest, he was a mentor for me in this project. And at the same time, I um, I can't even remember how I, I learned of Uncle Ronnie Dudua, but I found some information of Uncle Ronnie who was sharing workshops with Auntie Francine, his wahine, who's still alive to this day she now works at the waikiki um health center, center yeah, yeah. yeah so it's like you know full circle but um he and auntie fran they were holding workshops in this office building across from uh, ala park and it was once a week on saturdays and you know it was like four classes for a hundred bucks you know and they were sharing they were sharing how to how to work on opuhuli um, so I was so excited to like jump in a class and they were excited that teenagers signed up oh, for this class. Like they, they were kind of taken aback because most Hamana of theirs were like, you know, in their thirties and forties and fifties. Um, some of their Hamana were people who had previously had cancer that wanted to um, learn what they knew because they were able to be healed by uncle and auntie. So it was really interesting kind of like just coming in, um, you know, like how they say, wet behind the ears, <laughs> coming into a, um, a papa lomi lomi like that. Um, and so that's where I first took a class, like in a classroom setting with people outside of my ohana. And um, and we learned about things in phases. And just having that time sitting with them was just, oh, it was so, so amazing. And Uncle Ronnie Dura sadly has also gone on. Um, but yeah, that's how I first took a class that was outside of my family. And it, I was like about 16 years old. Oh, they must have been excited though uh, to have like this young, excited person to be in their class. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I still remember when I was kind of starting off in like my excitement, you know what I mean? So like, I could see how like, you know, 
these kupuna and these, you know, makua see this young, you know, up and coming um, wahine coming in and all excited to do these things. Totally. Oh, that must have been classic that time that they see you sitting in, you know, and all eager and checking it out. It was it was a lot of fun. I mean, I I'm just so thankful that that all happened. I'm thankful yeah. I held the class, you know. Oh yeah, no, those opportunities. Yeah, and so that that's what kind of um, got you a little bit more interested and got you to spend time with Auntie Margaret? Yeah, so um, I took those classes. Uncle Peter Herring was my, he was my um, mentor for the project, excuse me. <clears throat> he was my mentor for the project. Um, after I was finished with my thesis, I was finished with my presentation, he, he read through my entire thesis. He was really happy with me. Um, that's when he had shared with me the application to go on to Auntie Margaret's. Um, he actually had to call into Auntie Margaret's Pale down in Ka to request an application because back then they they were not online. I think 1997 was right when the internet was birthed, and so not a lot of people had their businesses or contact info on the internet. So back in our time, you know, yeah, yeah. you had to call it in and ask for um, ask for an application. Um, once I got it from Uncle Pete, you know, that was a nice, um, like, aloha, makana from him, a bit of an approval for him to see that I needed further training and that my next step should be to go on to Auntie Margaret's and live there for a few months, like, be on Hawaii and, and learn from her. And so I had applied in 1998, but it took me a whole year and a half to get into her school because that's how heavily booked her classes were and she only took 14 homona at a time she didn't really go over 14 or 16 and i i respected that as well knowing that you know she understood how many people she could serve at once and um it wasn't about having like thousands of students um she understood what she could give in that time and and i respected that so the fall of 1999 i i was already a homona at uh manoa at kamakakuo kalani I ended up taking a sabbatical to go over to KA and um, I stayed there for a few months and I got to learn with auntie. And at the time she was about in her late eighties, I think maybe 87, 89 years old, but she was still, she would still get up and teach class. Um, there were other, there were other uh, like assistants, but she actually would get up and she showed me, she got up in this one class to show me how to loosen hips and there were moments where Auntie Margaret would have have this inspiration to get up and and move and teach and show because she was already loahine and wasn't very mobile. Um, and for the most part of her classes, she would sit and watch and observe and just maka'ala the haumana. But I still clearly remember this one time that she actually got up and showed me how to take how to malama the hips. And I'll never forget that. Um, of course, I brought my ukulele with me and I used to sing on her porch at night um, as long as the cockroaches weren't around because I am deathly afraid of roaches. Uh, and it, it can get pretty humid down there. Um, you know, South Kona, it has its own weather system where it can be so bloody hot, like hella vela. And then about five o'clock, it'll rain 
hard. Like there'll just be this downpour of rain, and then five thirty, five forty-five, it'll it'll go away, and then you got the sun again, and then late at night, like maybe in the almoy, two a.m., it'll pour rain, and I'm talking about this time of the year because it was this time of the year I was there in nineteen ninety-nine, September, October. I'm going into November, but yeah, that's why I talk about the humidity because it was so <laughs> humid, but. Yeah, I brought my ukulele, sang for a bunch, sang for for um, literally anybody who listened to me. <laughs> yeah. So this is what the time you was with Kiahivai or? Yeah. So well, I I had um I met Lei in Kiahivai in high school, so we had already known each other, and we had already been playing music um in the dorms since uh, high school time, and then I'm sorry, since high school time, and then Lei's a year older than me. So even when she went on to UH as a senior in high school, I would go and visit her in her dorm and play music with her. And then when I was a freshman, she was a sophomore in, in UH, I would still, we'd still uh, go to each other's dorms and play music. Um, but during this time, yeah, I, I took my sabbatical, left for a few months, and then I came back and Kiahivai continued. All right, on. So, oh, they must have been stoked enough to have you jamming over there in. Yeah, all those all those nights and stuff like that you know they loved right it I, and i loved it but we didn't have our project out yet like they i i wasn't on a name or or anybody that anyone knew my my music wasn't on the radio yet but um i still oh i still remember this time we went to go to keoho shopping center and keoho is special to me because it's actually in my family lineage the aina there um on the henry kikahuna maps there's uh, Chief Kanehoa, who's buried next to his brother, Chief Makaina'i, there in Keoho. And um, and that's actually how we learned that my name, uh, our family name is pronounced Makaina'i and not Makainai. And prior to that, we never knew because my grandfather was Hanai. So my grandfather, um, Jesse K. Makaina'i, he was orphaned at two years old. His mother... She, it seemed like she fled, but she took her daughters to California with her, but she left her sons, like five of them spread out on the island of Molokai. So we didn't really know the Mo'olelo of our family name. And that's why, you know, for years people knew me as like Mailani Makainai or the Makainais. Um, it was, wasn't until I went on, um, I went to go to the Lomi Lomi conference with Auntie Haunani because she held a Lomi Lomi conference there. Uh, down in Keoho. And I was just kind of like visiting the area, you know, saying aloha to everybody down there, the people, the people that you can see and the people you can't really see. <laughs> but um, next to Kaleo Papaheo, which is where King Kamehameha III, Kaui Keauuli, was born, there's a bunch of um, Henry K. Kahuna maps and Mahalo Nui to KSBE, uh, Kamehameha Schools Bishop Estate, on um, Aina Pawahi there's these signage and maps that are still cared for and they're still up. So you can read about the history of that Aina. And luckily, Henry K. Kahuna recorded um, the names of significant people of that area. And Chief Makaina'i was one of them. And prior to this, like we, we didn't even know this. It was just by chance that I was there to find this map. Um, luckily, it's available on um, bishopmuseum.com, et cetera, et cetera. But I know I'm kind of running in a tangent and it color mine, but oh no, um, awesome. Yeah, I'm sorry. That's that explains that name. And now I'm trying to like circle back to the original question. <laughs> oh, no, I mean, no, but you know, I think that's important. You know what I mean? That connection to your Inoa, you know, like I, so all those years before that, you was you was you know saying 
your last name as Makainai. Makainai. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And then yeah. So what you came home with that revelations for the Ohana then? Hey guys, totally. you know what? <laughs> I called my father. I took a picture of the maps. I sent it to I called every single one of my father's siblings. I let them know. I I called my cousins. Wow. Um and it was just awesome because at at this time um my grandfather had already passed, but my grandmother was still alive. So, yeah, it was a pretty amazing journey. And any chance I get to visit all of our moku, I'm always so eager and happy. Of course, I love Oahu Nei. Um, but for me, like, we are all connected here. There's there's a reason we're here. There's a reason why you and I even are talking on this Leo Kupa right now. Um, and I, I really have this strong belief that our kupuna continue to guide us. And they continue to point us to the left, point us to the right, and then and have us like gift with us strong discernment so that we make impactful connections with other people, especially Ohana. So there's a lot of those beliefs that I come with. And um, I mean, Lomi Lomi has been so amazing in, in my lifetime. I'm just glad that uh, I'm still, I'm still able to do some of it even now, because I mean, I was a really eager beaver growing up, like doing all kinds Um like taking on appointments left and right and and getting into that rhythm. And now I'm finding a new rhythm, um, trying to teach and carve out this new, like a new rhythm, but also carve out this new path for myself and for other people. Because traditionally we know like every ohana had a lomi person. Every ohana had some, had a person that had ike about la'au lapa'au or someone had ike about lay making or somebody had ike about um, hanau and um, birthing. So it's it's something that I definitely want to return back to families. And for me, because I am a business person, I am entrepreneurial um, and I still see it as serving other people who are in need. Um, there's people out there that do want to learn lomi lomi that aren't Hawaiian. They're not kanaka. And I have a lot of different opinions on it and it doesn't have to be shared by other uh, Kanaka Lomi Lomi. I'm not trying to enforce my agenda upon anyone, but there are people out there that maybe want to do more and learn more than what they know um, and help others in more ways than they currently know now. And Lomi Lomi might be an answer for them. Um, of course, as a Hawaiian, I'm like, hey, you know, our people had every single answer to every single dilemma to every single conflict to every single ailment but then again as we look back in our history that's not 100% true because we had um, a population decimation take place with diseases that were way beyond our control and uh no mind me I just I just talking story over here <laughs> I think oh, I, yeah yeah I no 100% that's all we're doing yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so you know Throwing it back to, you know, when, you know, we was connecting because I was coming into the the Waikiki Lomi Lomi action yeah. at the Moana and you was kind of um, transitioning out at that stage. But at that time, you were still, what, jamming full time and balancing out the Lomi Lomi aspect with the the playing music and stuff like that too? Totally. So um, I was working part time and... I worked at like the Hilton before full time and coming to the Moana was so nice. Like I actually really missed that hokele. Um, it was such a beautiful hotel. It's, it's still beautiful to this day. I really love that 
Um, people like yourself and myself, we were given we were given an extra special treatment in a way because we were Lomi Lomi specialists and we were highly sought after, highly desired. You know, people come to Hawaii, they don't want to get something that they can get anywhere else in the world. They want Hawaiian healing. They want something that's more uh, impactful and significant in their lives. Um, you know, it's not cheap because they're paying for a service and for the convenience of it. But in a way, what was interesting is people used to like fight over, I guess, uh, bookings. People used to get angry that the Kanaka Lomi Lomi would get booked more. Um, and so it, it was interesting as a Hawaiian, as a Kanaka, to see this take place because, as I mentioned, yes, I did go to Marino, and there weren't a lot of Hawaiian kids at, at our school. So growing up, I mean, I definitely experienced racism. I experienced being treated less than because I was Hawaiian, because I spoke Hawaiian, because I spoke pidgin. Um, and now here we are in another part of my life where people are getting upset because they're not Hawaiian enough or they don't know enough Hawaiian and they don't know what Lomi is. And they, you know, they didn't go and take a class to learn more Hawaiian things. And so that was, that really tripped me out. Like for the first time in, in a while, I got to experience something like that. Um, and it was just unbelievable. Um, I did mention that I went to UH Manoa and I'm a graduate of Kamakakuo Kalani, so the Center of Hawaiian Studies. I have my degree in Ike Hawaii and a minor in Olalo. Um, when I was in my 20s and people always ask, what's, what's your major? What are you graduating with? What are your plans? And I would say, oh, my degree is in Hawaiian studies and I'm minoring in Olalo. And people would say, well, what are you going to do with that? You know, how can you make money? All you can do is just teach. And I used to just say, yeah, well, if that's all I can do, well, then, yeah. And um, now you see people who, who have gone through that, and especially Kumu Hula, people who travel the world sharing hula. Um, hula is not the only thing that people are sharing now. People are mm -hmm. sharing, people who have this kind of ike, they share more than just hula. Now it's, it's anything you want. You want to share surfing, you want to share basket weaving, you want to share um, how to make a lei or how to make haku. People want to know this ike, and people want to be able to experience the beauty of these islands. And it's more than just watching um, a beautiful video on the screen. Like people want to live it, experience yeah. it, smell it, taste it, feel it with their hands. And um, I think that that this turn, this Juliao of things, even with COVID, it's like another Juliao. Um, it's just also interesting to me. So I try to be, I try to be neutral in my own response to things um, and not, be too impulsive and not react too quickly because, uh, well, I'm older now <laughs> and yeah, yeah, yeah. through different feelings because I, I used to have really strong feelings in my twenties and, and those feelings have changed over time. I mean, here's a, here's a small example and, and it doesn't really have much to do with, um, Hawaiian things specifically, but I remember before I became a mom, I used to teach at Punananel as well. And I used to have great judgments on mothers and I used to say things like, oh, when, when I become a mom, I will never spoil my kid. Or when I become a mom, you know, my cakey is never going to talk to me like that. You know, and I, I used to really have this strong bias about myself as a mother and other mothers and other makua. 
And then bam, what happens? I become a cool myself. And it is like, oh my God, props to my cause. Oh yeah. This isn't easy. And, and now like I, I, I stay away from judging parents because I don't know what their situation is like. And, um, you know, that's a tricky one parenting. Oh yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's just an example of the kind of biases I had prior to something. And then you experience it and you know, those biases that might all changes over time. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what, how's, how's this time been treating you guys? You know, this time in, um, you know, with everything, this unique situation with this COVID and stuff like that. I mean, I know, you know, majority of what you was doing, you know, is doing the traveling aspects and, and, you know, playing and, doing all these things um how have you been kind of adapting to that you've been what writing more music or recording or doing that kind of stuff or yeah i actually um got into a few things that i've always wanted to get into so i became a beekeeper for a while um i have a small hive but it's not a business that i think i want to grow it's just nice to like have my own honey yeah 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 (laughs) give to people when i have you know, when I get, just give to others when I get. Um, and that was interesting. I mean, just there's so much to learn from this Aina alone and from the, the bugs and the bees and the birds and the all of that. Um, and I'm actually more of an ocean creature. So it was, it was cool to get back in the mountains and, and do work like that. It's hard work. Bees are not um, too time consuming. They're not too high maintenance, but they definitely are like once a week maintenance. And that once a week is still a lot of work. Um, I I definitely tried to apply for jobs because, you know, there's no travel anymore. There's no performance anymore. And so for sure, I went through some emotional things because I, for so long, my identity has been like my money and music and performing and being on the road and flying. And when that was taken from each and every one of us, and I'm not the only one, um, I definitely was like, whoa, struggling a little bit because I thrive off of going, going, going. I thrive off of being around others. I thrive off of meeting people. Um, I'm just great at just talking story and connecting with people. And that was really different to have everything slow down. But there were still a lot of pros to it because I kind of felt like um, I, I've been running for so long and just jumping on so many different projects that this break was super needed, whether whether I didn't have as much money as I did before or not, this break was actually still really, really needed. Um, And in the meantime, I did write more music. I just released a new single entitled Hawaii Nui Kuauli that really is about uplifting our Hawaii, um, the Paiaina, and everyone who's been struggling with their feelings about this year. And it was dedicated definitely to our heroes, our our first responders, our essential workers, but really every single person that is in Hawaii, because we're, I'm not the only one going through these feelings and going through these changes and, and trying to find and carve out a new path for myself or we're all kind of doing that. And, um, and I think it's going to be a lifelong thing for me. Um, so yeah, I'm doing okay now I'm coming through it and I, I shared, uh, I started opening a new, um, group. So I created a new hui entitled Lomi Lomi Collective. It's a very general name and I really, really like it. <laughs> um, and it's, it's, it's invites people who want to learn Lomi Lomi for themselves, for their ohana, for their keiki, um, for their kupuna, 
for for their loved ones who have cancer. We'll probably do a class on that too. Um, and and definitely, I invite people who are already Lomi Lomi specialists and or people who own their own practice and or people who are teachers. So I'm not afraid to do that. But prior to this year, I mean, prior to me making this decision, I've been very, very afraid. Like, like I, I can't even believe I'm doing it right now. But I'm, yeah, yeah. I made the decision. I didn't go. So I'm going. You're but, going. Yeah, going. You know, but prior to that- this, it took a long time for me to even like say, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm going to commit because, um, and you know what it's like, you're a homana and you're a kumu. So it's a huge kuleana. It's, it's like having another family. It's like having another batch of babies and you're responsible for them. Um, but I think that I'm, I'm tightening up on my communications. I'm tightening up on the things that like, I definitely want to happen. And then looking at the things that I definitely don't want to happen and so that's why I'm I'm getting clearer and clearer as I go about this. Yeah, yeah, no, that's beautiful, you know, and you know, I think during this time that's a lot of what's been coming around is like, you know, there's not that time to be fearful. We just got to go as we know like things can change at any moment. You know what I mean? As everyone realized during this time. You know what I mean? Life is too short not to go for what you what you love doing and doing stuff that, you know, you want to do you know so yeah right on for stepping out and creating that lomi lomi collective you know what i mean that people can kind of um benefit and you know uplift our community that way you know right right so how can they get in touch with um the lomi lomi collective can they just hit you up um yes please hit me up via your socials or what's what's the best way to hit me up on my socials i mean i'm i'm all over the socials so You'll find me on Instagram at Mylani Official. You'll find me on Facebook, Mylani Makainai, Makainai. But, you know, that's like a whole discussion. Just do a, a quick request to join Lomi Lomi Collective. And I check it every day, once a day. I'm not on it too crazily because my group is is still small. There's only about a, um, 40 people on it. And I'm really, I'm not trying to grow big fast. I'm just here and, you know, happy to share and happy to grow little by little as I go, I'm not trying to like have like 10,000 people on this page right now. Um, I don't want to grow too fast because I've done that before in my past too. And, you know, I I need to be able to have like a staff in place for certain things because my strength, I know what my strengths are and my strengths have always been in the doing and in the the teaching and in the working, but the follow-up, the paperwork, the the communications, um, that's not my strength, even though I communicate great when I'm teaching. Uh So that's another thing that I learned too. Um, When I opened my practice, I I had a brick and mortar business for a little while. I had an office and that affected how I did Lomi Lomi. And I really didn't like it because I had like this stress of making my expenses. Um, I I wasn't even worried about making a profit. I was just worried about uh, making even, you know, I was worried about not going into debt and working really, really hard and like booking people all day, all night if I had to. And that wasn't good either. I mean, Auntie Margaret Machado's style of teaching is you you go when the sun rises and when the sun pow, you pow. When the sun sleeps, you go to sleep, you rest. Mm-hmm. And um, I was I was going against a lot of the teachings just to make the money to have this place to serve the people. And um, I struggled. 
I really did. And, and, and this isn't to say that people who's listening cannot do this. People can, I've, I've seen people do this before. I, I just, I know what I would have done to change it, to make it a little bit better of, of a journey for myself. And at the same time, I had to have that journey. Like that had to happen because, because now I know how I'm going to go about things moving forward. Um, but I do want to be clear that whoever's listening to this, you know, you definitely can have your own practice and have your own office. Um, I'll probably write up a, a PDF of the do's and don'ts for people who, you know, pursue, um, uh, who will cut you like that. But yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. You got any of those, um, um, short do's and don'ts for people listening <laughs> over here or what they can and, and sure. don't do, I mean, first you need what one personal assistant that I, you need one. <laughs> totally you yeah. are a personal secretary didn't I? definitely i mean there are apps available that you can use to book people um but you know just your tax forms alone just making sure you have your paperwork all together that wasn't my issue my issue really was that i had rented a place that was way over budget um and i got creative in other ways like for example i opened the mentorship for young aspiring artists in music film and acting to help to help me um, with that expense, with that monthly cam fees and the rent and the insurance. Um, so, I mean, when I say I was working every day, I literally was working every day. And, you know, I I was not a very happy, happy my money. <laughs> and, you know, it's hard to do Lomi Lomi when you're not happy. Yeah, so oh. um, there's that. There's if you're going to sublease, you know, make sure everything is in writing. I mean, you hear it. People hear it and we know this. We know this advice. But um, sometimes we don't follow what we know. Yeah, you know? yeah. Sometimes we're too eager to just kind of charge. You know what I mean? That we don't, you know, Absolutely. take the time, you know. Eager to charge. Um, plus, people who do Lomi Lomi like us, we are empaths. We're very, um, we have empathy as one of our superstar strengths. And so, when it gets into our relationships, if we're subleasing to a friend or to a colleague or to an acquaintance, sometimes we, we just want to, we don't want things to, we don't like tension. And yeah. Sometimes we just like go just to avoid the serious business discussions that have to happen for business. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, Brother Kamaka, I, I like... I want to just set up my table in Kailua and just throw up an Instagram and be like, what's up, everybody? My name is Mailani, and I'm going to be doing Lomi Lomi from 9 to 3 p.m. If you guys like come down, come down now. You know, times that I want to do that, too. And if, yeah, if, yeah. Uh, if police show up, like I'm willing to take that risk because this is Lomi Lomi. That's actually my Aina Kupuna because my tutu, uh, Sophie Kiahilani Kalili Ventura, lived right up the road from Kailua Beach. And she actually was the president and owner of all the lay stands in, at the airport at one time. And so to me, like, I, I like to go and kind of see how far I can get with my Hawaiian-ness and how much of that's going to get shut down. And now that we have media and, and people who are more supportive of, of uh, I, you know, the term authentic also. It's like, I want to say authentic, but people are more supportive of, of going straight to the source in what it is that they want. You know, people don't, I, I don't see people really liking to wear plastic lay. They want a real lay from a real lay maker. I'm seeing mm-hmm. that more. Um, and it's because of Instagram and Facebook that we're starting to find out who these sources are and where I can get this because I want to, I want to support 
Hawaiian businesses. I want to support a Hawaiian lane maker. I want to support this tradition that can stay alive in this ohana for as long as possible. And so, yeah, there's times when I'm like, yeah, I'm, I just want to throw up on Instagram and be like, I'm, I'm going to be at Alala. I got my lomi table set up. I got my sheets. I got my kukui oil, my, no, my monoi mixed together. And I have my, um, you know, deep blue or penetrate lotion for people with really eha knees or eha calves or whatever it is. So you come down, I'm, I'm here from 9 to 3 p.m. There's times that I feel like just throwing that up there too. And I don't know, maybe you might know better you should. than I do. No, I, yeah. I think I think that's a good idea, man. Just make sure you tag us in there so we can just roll down the street. Huh? Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. Right on. So what? what's... um. What's on the horizon then? I know you're doing um, the Lomi Lomi Collective. Um, you got some up- upcoming workshops and stuff like that. Um, yep. I actually have a, I have a workshop coming up on November 1st. Um, and this is going to be Wahine focused. It's going to focus on fertility, um, PMS, um, for really all ages, but especially the young teenage girls, because, you know, for for that, that Julio of Wahine, when they become a Wahine, a young Wahine, and they're no longer like a Kamali'i, or kekamahine, it's really important to just have support there. And fertility is really close to my heart. It's close and dear to my heart for many reasons. Um, I don't say this to brag, and I, I am not bragging, but I'm saying this because the power of Lomi Lomi is real for people who are listening. But I have been able to help wahine conceive who are maybe struggling in their fertility. And I want to share this with people because I personally have struggled with my own fertility. Um, myself and my husband, we've been wanting a child for years. And um, I mean, it's very near and dear to my heart. And so for anyone who's listening, if you're going through something like this, or you know someone who's going through this, I, I spend a special aloha to you because of the fact that it's very near and dear to my heart. Um, and it's just, it's been a project of mine that I've wanted to do. Um, and Lomi Lomi is an answer for many people who are going through this. There might be multitudes of answers. Um, but I want to be able to have a webinar that's very su- fertility uh, supportive and then supportive for young um, teenage girls. And so mothers out there who have young teenage girls that are really the the capena, the the mama, the the everything of their young cake, their young kaikamahine that's becoming a woman, I think it's really good to have um, this type of ike and support for moms that are in the position where their daughters are becoming women. And um, having these discussions are important. Um, not all families are equipped with knowing how, like not all moms are equipped with knowing how to approach this huliao and have these discussions with their kaikamahine about this huliao and what's going to happen. And, and, and not just one time, but once a month and tracking wow. that is um, so important. And, there's a lot of young wahine, like like my my own kaikamahine. She, you know, she she hates it. She can't stand it. Um, and I still remember being that age and hating it and and can't couldn't stand it. But um, there's a way to kind of flip the script on seeing it as more of a, a cleanse and how the kino is and how women are mana. You know, we, we see ourselves as as powerful beings because we have the power to create life and bring life, be the vessel that brings life into this realm. And so just having those conversations, um, sharing Ike about it, and then not just for mothers, but fathers too, because I mean, men, they kind of just stay away from this whole issue and just leave it on the moms. 
And, and I get it because for some men, it might be ho'opailua for them or it's gross to them. But there's a to- totally different way of seeing it that Hawaiians saw it. And so I, I'm excited to have this webinar on that. I'm um, going to definitely talk about Hawaiian perspectives of koko, um, ali'i wahine, and fertility and how it was going to be, how it was cared for. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to talk about ka'ahu manu as well and how there were some wahine that, that they couldn't have um, keiki. And, and the cool thing about that is in a Hawaiian perspective, um, it wasn't anything bad. It's just that the mana didn't match each other's. And then we also know when we think of Ka'ahumanu and King Kamehameha, well, Ka'ahumanu's mana was seen as greater than Kamehameha's, um, just like Keopuolani. And Keopuolani was in Keoho when she was birthing um, Kaukeoli. They moved her there. And not even Kamehameha himself could land his canoe in Keoho because his koko just wasn't, there wasn't enough mana. He wasn't niaupi'o like Keopuolani. And so I'm going to have these kind of discussions. Um, I'm definitely going to share a little bit la'au, la'pa'au, and do a demonstration. And then I'm also going to do a demonstration for um, like the actual lomi for young girls who are going through this huliao and what mamas can do for their daughters each month. And then also for people who are going through fertility challenges and what can be done. So that's, in a nutshell, Right on. That's what's going to take place. Yeah, no, it's beautiful because a lot of times, you know, sometimes they'll listen to the daughters, may listen to other people besides their, mo- their mom. You know, so having Mylani talk about these issues and stuff that she's been through and, you know, or things that other people went through would be easier than their mother telling the daughter, like, you know, this is what's going on and whatnot, you know, so... I think it's a beautiful um, opportunity for um, for young girls and their mothers and fathers, you know, to kind of um, go through this process. And um, I think it sounds like it would even bring the families closer together. Oh, you know, yeah. so that's beautiful. For sure, you know, when I had when I just to share a little, when I was home, yeah, um, I didn't want to talk to anyone, and I. I wasn't joyful or cheerful. I was very to myself. It's like I went into a cocoon. And I remember my my mom and my dad. And again, I'm the hiapo. So they never had a daughter before that that went through this kind of stuff because I was the first one. And they used to always be like, and this was like on a regular every single month. Like, what's the matter with you? Why why aren't you talking? Why are you in a mood? Why are this? Like, why that? And, and I couldn't even explain it. But like for me, that's what I was going through. I was homia. And so just having that conversation to share with Makua and, and young girls, if they ended up, if they end up jumping on this is just recognizing that, yeah, we can all go into our own cocoon that being homia is actually when we're most powerful um, because our body is, is releasing all of this and it's making, it's going through that huliao of having new newness again. And we have that power to do that. Um, and seeing it that way, I think is going to be, really great for the lahui really great for for people in general whether they're hawaiian or not but especially for the lahui because returning back to our our ancient knowledge strengthens us as a people and it strengthens our ohana it strengthens our family our families and that's what it's that's what it's all about for me right on that's exciting man that's exciting yeah if anywhere we can 
cocoa that and um, share that information as well, you know? Totally. And <clears throat> I mean, I, I know, I, I know that you have a daughter and so I know she's much younger. Like she's what, maybe three years old. Yeah, she's going to be three next month. Oh, my gosh. So, hey, make sure you got to do this for another, like, 15 years, Mylani. You know what I mean? Or 13 years. <laughs> no, you know no. what I mean? Hold on. Hold on. Kiwakanani. But I'm sharing that now because, um, you know, you're a father. And, yeah, I know. I'm not trying to fast forward time on you. But <laughs> just thinking of Makuakane like you who have daughters. And, I mean, I'm sorry to say, like, my daughter was three years old yesterday. And, you know, she's oh, going to be 16 next month. That's so cool. We both have daughters in November. By the way, your daughter is so beautiful. Your wife is so beautiful. Oh, I'm so happy you have oh, such a beautiful ohana behind you, in front of you, side side to side, above and below. But, yeah, it's that's another reason why I want Kane uh, fathers to be a part of this, too, because they're a part of it. They're part of the ohana. Um, and like I said, um, even though men... <clears throat> even Hawaiian men right now, Hawaiian dads, they, they kind of just like shove it off on the mom or, you know, oh, okay, that's what it is. Okay. But they can actually be a part of the the support, um, part part of the conversation in a different kind of way. And I think I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be talking about that um, at this webinar because it's not just only for moms. Like, yes, the, like I said, the mom is the kapena of this, but the dads are still part of the ohana. So you're still part of the po'o. Um, and I hope that fathers will jump in and, and be a part of this too, because, you know, I'm a strong wahine and it's because yes, I have an amazing mom, but it's also because I have an amazing dad and strong dads make strong daughters. So, ew. Ew. Right on, man. Mahalo. So with, with all of these things going on and all of these projects and all these beautiful things that Mylani does, um, so how do you like maintain yourself? You know, what's, uh, how do you kind of, um, you know, maintain Pono in your life or restore your mana, you know, when you, when, you know, I know previously doing all these travels and doing all these things now, like, you know, after you come down back from a long trip, you know, of, of touring, um, Japan or where's, where's your favorite place to travel, by the way? Where are you like? Oh, you know, my favorite place in the whole world is Hawaii. Like, like home. I, I do. I'm so lucky and I'm very grateful that I have gotten to travel and see different parts of the world and they're all beautiful. But Hawaii is, I mean, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. This is my favorite place to be. This is my favorite place to perform. And, um, when I return from those travels, the first thing that I can do once I can is hele kahakai. And that is where I maintain my pono. That's where I, I get back to me. I mean, I'm a water baby. I actually learned how to swim before I learned how to walk. Um, I was like maybe like six months old when I could swim because my mom took me to the kai every single day. Um, so the beach, the ocean is one. Uh, reading anything Hawaiian is another because it just it just strengthens me. Now, I'm not only Hawaiian. I get haole. I get a little bit pake. So I, I am mixed, but I just connected with our culture more than the others very quickly on when I was growing up. Um, but in saying that, you know, I, I like to read about Hawaiian history. I like to read Olalono'el. I like to read um, the rain book because I always learn more about a place that I get to visit. So anything Hawaiian and um, of course, Pule. Um, I, I go walking every day to every other day. So exercise really, really helps me. 
Um, I mean, I literally feel a difference when I don't exercise or if I don't go for a walk. Uh-huh. Um, just breathing in deeply because of the exercise or because of the walk really helps me being out in nature. I'm doing chores because a clean house makes me feel like I got it going on. <laughs> yep, uh, clean house is always nice. Yeah. Right on. So, um, where's your where's your uh, favorite place to f- perform? You know, besides Hawaii, you got any favorite places that you went to, mm. traveled around, and was like, man, this is like epic. You know, I really enjoy performing in San Fran. Um, I performed in Napa, which was fun. I mean, people up there, they're all winos and artists, and they they love Hawaii. Um, they love getting a chance to meet someone that shares stories from their home. And, you know, a lot of those those people are, they're used to, like, they're in the art, you know. So I like, I like that. Um, there's just so many different people with different points of views that I get to meet because of that. And I get to meet other music and, and artists and other, like, I don't know, I get to meet and learn more because of meeting different groups of people. And I really, really like that. Um, I love Aotearoa, hands down. I really love Waiheke Island. Um, they have some beautiful beaches, but again, nothing beats our beaches here. Like, nothing. Um, I love Japan. I do love Japan. Uh, and I, I do enjoy performing there. But it's just different, you know. Um, if if I could, like, beam me up Scotty, that would be... Uh, more helpful because I actually don't like to fly as as much as I've traveled yeah, yeah. I really don't like flying <laughs> yeah yeah and now we have to wear masks and probably not talk as much and as you can tell I'm a talker so, <laughs> <laughs> so um any that's why Hawaii is like my favorite um any of the islands for sure and then just singing in my studio I like um I like these quiet moments that I get to myself where I'm trying to learn a new song or an old song again. And I'm just singing by myself, my guitar and my ukulele, because that's really how it started. Um, I want to share that like people who want to learn music or want to learn the ukulele, want to learn the guitar, want to learn the bass. If your want is great, you will learn it because yes, I grew up with Kani Kapila in my ohana and I'm so grateful for that. But in the end, you still have to be the one who's practicing your chords and singing, you know, three hours straight. And you'll probably make everybody irritated with you. But if you only know those three chords and you only know this song, you're going to play it until you can't anymore. Because that's how much you want to learn this instrument. And that's how much you want to sing. And it's the same with Lomi. It's the same with lay making. It's the same with being like a top surfer. It's it's in the end. You're going to be the one who has to give the hours to this. And you can learn from other people. And other people along the way will be your teacher for for a time being. Um, You might learn a new trick or a new this or a new song. And that's like something that adds to your learning. But in the end, if you want to learn something, as long as your want is great, you will learn it. No matter what the cost is. And no no matter what the cost on your time is, you will learn it. If you're great, if your want is great. Yo, yeah, now that desire, you know what I mean? And wanting to accomplish things and be, do things that you love, you know, I love that, you know, because I was going to, you know, touch basis on that note to the next generation, but that's it right there. You know what I mean? Is having that desire, you know, and 
and keeping that passion and keeping that fire burning, you know, that, like you said, you could jam for three hours straight, you know what I mean? Because you love it so much, you know? Right. So when you're doing one Lomi and working on people, what, are you jamming my Lani music or what are you, <laughs> what kind of, what's on your playlist over there, girl, when, you, when you're doing one Lomi? Sometimes, yeah. Like when I was at, when I was at the Moana and even Hilton, I used to play my music and everything. Yeah. I used to sing to them too. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, hey, check out this, check out this Wahine singer, right? She's super awesome, right? Uh-huh. Check them out while you learn music. <laughs> <laughs> I used to just sing, but I do have like a Lomi Lomi playlist and on it is, of course, uh, Jerry Santos and Olomona, um, Brothers Casamero, Teresa Bright. Um, gosh, there's so there's so much goodness in our our music, our Mele Hawaii, even um, Hawaiian style band with Heyo. Like these songs that really get me, they get me into that um, that realm. Yeah, because I'm I'm a musician, I'm a singer, so I am very audio. What I hear, it, it affects me deeply. Um, and so that's pretty much my playlist when I'm doing Lomi Lomi and it, it gets me to that, like that zone quickly. Nice. Right on. Well, is there any, um, any favorite Olelo Noel or, you know, Mele's that, that you want to share with our, our Leo Koopa listeners over here? Totally. So my favorite Olelo Noel, and it's always been my favorite is my Maka'ui Kahana, Maka'ui Kamoloa. And it means don't be afraid of work, but to be afraid of laziness. And I have another that I like to end with, which is Heopuali'i. And it means have the heart of a chief, be generous and kind, but also have the temper of a chief. So it means to stay balanced in, in your discernment. Like, yeah, give, you know, give to others, be generous, be kind. But, you know, when somebody screws you over, well, then, you know, you know already. Um, yeah, and I really like that Ola Lonoel because Hawaiians and Hawaiian culture as seen from the outside is like so beautiful and so hospitable and so giving and loving. And yes, that is a part of us. But if you read more into our Olelo Noel or even the Ka'u family system, if you if you read more as to who we are as a people, um Kalamai. Kalamai, are you still with me? Yeah, oh, so here. But if you read more um, into our history as a people, we were actually pretty fierce. We were pretty. We were pretty nuts. Um, we weren't this, you know, hospitable. You know, that came in time through marketing. Like, yes, we were hospital to strangers, to people, but not always. It really depended where you were. In traditional times, as is now, Waianae Makaha. Nanakuli, they weren't so welcoming. You know, you had to know somebody that lived there. And even then, you were still given like the third degree as to name out your genealogy and to name out where you're from and why you're there. So we see that a little bit even in today's time. So it really depends where you go and, and who you know and all of the above. But I like to share Heopoli'i because of that, because of that exact reason. Yeah. Mahalo, mahalo. Mahalo. Right on. Well, any any um last minute shout outs before we we're gonna have to do this again, Mylani. All right, we gotta jump on another um Leo Koopa. I know. Um, you know, we kind of um reaching that time. I know you got a lot of kuliana on your plate and um let's definitely do another Leo Koopa. But any uh, last shout outs to um anybody out there or you got some stuff you wanna 
Um, just mahalo nui to all of my kumu. Um, love them all. I'm grateful for every single uh, kanaka lomi lomi that I've met in my journey. Um, Kamakani, Thomas. She's actually a lomi lomi sister of mine. Love her dearly. Um, she now works at Massage Envy in Kapole. I think they're on a tier two opening, so she'll start working again um, maybe next week. But she's been doing so much. I mean, she's amazing. Um, aloha to Kyola Chan, who's been a part of my journey in so many different ways. It's it's crazy. Have a lot of aloha for him. And then I, I forgot to share that I used to work at Moku Ola. It was a short blip of time, but my daughter was really young and I couldn't really commit to a full time schedule. But Auntie P.E. Lani, she's been at the Lomi shop. Like she's the first person I met at the Lomi shop when I first applied, returning from KA. Um, and I just want to sp- send a special shout out to her and also Auntie Aoi because they opened Moku Ola together for a little while. I think it was established for maybe four years or so. Um, I would really love to see a place that supports Kanaka Lomi Lomi and a place that supports like Lomi Lomi. Um, like it's, it's a beautiful place. Not that other places are not, but in, you know what I'm trying to say, like a venue, um, a location that's actually supportive to us as people who share Lomi Lomi and people who share La'au Lapa'au and people who share Ho'oponopono. Um, because otherwise people are doing like, I don't mind doing Lomi Lomi on the beach. I, I'll do that anytime, but I would love to see that in my lifetime, like a, a community center or civic center of some sort um, on this Moku at least. And there's so many people to thank, um, but especially mahalo to you, Kamaka. Thank you for having me on as a guest. And I'm sorry, I know I talk so much, but I hope that um, your listeners enjoyed and I definitely hope to have a, another chance to talk story again in Kuka Kuka. Mahalo. Yeah, 100% our listeners enjoyed talking, uh, listening to you, Mailani. Mahalo for your time. 100%. And then those dates again for the um, your workshop for the Lomi Lomi Collective was November... November 1st. November 1st. And that's going to be via... Um, oh, via... Via Zoom. I'll have Zoom. a Zoom. Okay. Yeah, I'll have Perfect. a Zoom up. Um, I'm even holding a retreat in February of 2021 and, and I'm hoping some people will come out to that because I'm already going to be there anyways. And we're looking to do an amazing retreat where we, we follow through with our protocols and visit some Vahipana. Um, and I'm also going to be talking about Makahiki because Makahiki is right on the, around the corner and um, there's ways to prepare for that. So, Eo. Beautiful. Right on. Well, mahalo anui once again to our guest today. Mailani Makainai for joining us on Leo Kupa. Mahalo to all our listeners. Mahalo, brother Nako Campbell, for helping us produce this podcast. Uh, please share this podcast with your Ohana. Subscribe to our emailing list at huimauliola.org. Uh, follow us on the socials and Instagrams and Facebook. Also, Kako, make sure you follow Mailani and her adventures on uh, her social medias. And if you got any questions or comments, please kahea mai. Also, be on the lookout for our new 2021 Kialo uh, Kamahina Hawaii calendar in collaboration with Kamehameha Publishings. Mahalo for the stories in Leo Kupa today, Mailani. Mahalo nui. Nui ki aloha. From Mailani, Makainai, Oawa Kamaka nui hailono, eola. Ikia kua maunaloa lai lalo kekai, na aumakua ya kahina kua. Kahina alo, kahikina, komohana na kupuna, mahalo piha, 
ehomai ka ike, ka ikaika, ka mana, ke ola. Mania o kou, mania ma kou, mania ka kou, a mama ua noa, eho o mana, noe.